Well, church, I, I told you a little bit ago to open to the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 4. And uh, I was telling the, the group earlier during the assembly time, when it came time for me over the last few weeks to pray about this Sunday's message, um, I was a little bit perplexed because we were coming off of the tail end of our Christmas series, Hope Revealed, Good News for All, last Sunday. And I really enjoyed being able to teach through the Christmas story and, and looking at the, the different perspectives of Mary and Michael preaching of, of uh, the hope revealed to Joseph and then hope revealed to us last week. And then as we look ahead, starting next Sunday for the new year in our church, we're going to be in the book of Philippians. And, and so that sermon series starting next week is Rejoice, Paul's letter to the Philippians. And and I'm really, really excited about that sermon series and seeing what God is going to do during that time for us as we go through the study of that book. But as I was looking at this date, it's bookmarked between those two. And statistically, it's known as the, the least attended Sunday of the year in most churches because it's right between Christmas and New Year's. A lot of people are out of town. A lot of people maybe are battling illness or whatever it may be. And so because of that, I was like, Lord, I don't want to preach a message that's got to do with vision casting or anything like that for that Sunday because not everybody's going to be there to hear it. Maybe I can preach something as a tail off of, of the Christmas series or something like that. And the Lord continually brought me to this passage. And uh, I guess if, if somebody needs to hear it and they're not here, they can go online and listen to it. Amen. And so today we're going to be in Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6, just five verses. I have preached from this passage a couple years ago, and when I was looking at this passage for today, there's something in there that I think is very profound for us as we move forward into 2020, as we move forward into this new season of life for our church as we've talked about over the last few weeks. And so... I want us to see today what God has for us. And one of the biggest things that in my prayer time as I've been praying about, God, where are you leading us? Where are you taking us? Where do you want us to go next? What is it? The biggest thing that keeps coming to me from the Lord is prayer. We need to be praying. We need to be a praying church. We need to be praying not only for ourselves and what God is doing here, but I am very convinced that we need to be praying also for our brothers and sisters that are gathered in the churches around this community. Because the community of Park Circle and the surrounding areas in North Charleston need the gospel. And they need the church to be on fire to reach them. In fi- on fire with the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news that we have that we talked about that was born in the manger that went to the cross and ultimately the resurrection. And so that is what we're going to look at today. I want to look at us from this topic, prayers for the mission forward. And so with that said, I pray that you have your your Bible with you and you've got it open. Let's stand together as we honor the reading of God's word. Colossians chapter four, starting in verse two. And the word of the Lord says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Verse five, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to how you ought to answer each person. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God. Thank you, Lord, for the time of worship that we've had so far. 
singing songs to you, Lord, singing songs of how you are the king of kings, singing about how the angels from the realms of glory came and proclaimed the good news that Christ Jesus was born. Thank you, Lord, that you are our Messiah. Thank you, Lord, that you went to the cross, although you knew no sin. You took on sin, God's wrath upon you, so that we may have the opportunity to become the righteousness of God. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for your grace. Father, I pray for our brother and sister congregations that are gathering right now. Lord, specifically today, I want to pray for Portside Baptist Church. I thank you, Lord, for Reverend Clark Carter and the ministry that he has had there at Portside. I thank you for Hayden Jacobs as he's come in now as associate pastor to minister alongside Clark. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that as a church, we are able to partner with them in whatever they need. And today, while both are out of town, Walter is there preaching to their congregation for them. Lord, I pray over Walter now, and I ask God that you would use him powerfully. Lord, that you would speak through him. Lord, that the people may hear the things that they need to hear from you. And I pray the same for us today, Lord. Lord, that we would hear from you today. Lord, that you would use this sinful man saved by your grace to be able to stand in this pulpit and proclaim the good news of the gospel. Lord, I, 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 don't, I don't take it lightly, and I thank you for the opportunity. And I pray, God, that you be glorified in this place. Let every distraction fade away. May you be glorified. May you increase. May I decrease. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Yeah, I mentioned it there in that tail end of that prayer, but Walter is over at Portside Baptist right now. Hayden reached out to me a couple weeks ago and asked if I would be able to go and preach. And I said, well, buddy, I'm, I'm preaching at homes now. Um, so, but I've got Walter, and Walter would be happy to go and, and preach for you. And, and so Walter's there today. So if you're listening to this, if, if Walter comes to your mind or Portside comes to your mind, please be praying for him as I'm sure he's in the pulpit about this time right now. As I told you, though, we're in this passage today, Colossians 4, and the Apostle Paul, he's giving clear direction to the Colossians of how these believers are to pray, how they are to pray for each other, who they are to pray for, and how the gospel can be used through them as they go out. So with that said, there's three things that we can see in this today, and the first thing I'll go ahead and point out to you is, number one, be devoted to prayer. Be devoted to prayer. And we can see that specifically from verse 2. Look at 2 again. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Now, when chapter 4 opens up on these pages, Paul has already written a good chunk of a letter to the Colossians. And he's encouraging them. He's reminding them of who Christ is, who Christ was in creation, who Jesus is, what Jesus has done. And he's encouraging them how to live out their faith. And when he's coming to this point, it's these further instructions, these last bit of instructions before his final greeting to the Colossians. And the thing that he says there so profoundly is continue steadfastly in prayer. He ends this epistle the same way that he opens it up. If you were to go back and read Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 through 4, it says, We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. Paul is addressing them at the end to say, Continue staying steadfastly in prayer. But when he opens up the letter, he tells them, just like he does many of the other letters he writes, that he is praying for them or has been praying for them. Prayer is a very, very vital thing for Paul. Paul understands that. 
And for us as the church, as we read God's word, we see that prayer is necessary for us in our walk with Christ. We must be a praying people. We must steadfastly be praying to God. We must be seeking his face daily. We must be coming before him and saying, Father God, use me. Speak to me through your word. Tell me what it is you have for me and move forward in that as God leads us. We must be seeking his face and seeking what he has for us. Now, in verse 2, he lays out this three-part instruction for these believers. The first thing that he says is to steadfastly, continue steadfastly in prayer. It means that there must be a devotion to it. It must be something that we don't just do, just to do real quick to say that we've said what we needed to say for grace. We say grace before we have dinner. If that's the only prayer time that we're having, then we've got to get on our face and repent and say, Lord, we need to be a praying people. We need to be praying more than that. We need to realize that there needs to be this devotion because we are devoted to the creator that saved us. You know, I was watching last night, and before I say this, let me go ahead and say, I love football. Y'all know that. So we'll, we'll just go there. I'm not bashing football. Last night, I was watching the playoff with the, the LSU slaughter of Oklahoma. Sorry if there's any OU fans in here. I apologize. And, and then, of course, the Clemson game. Yeah, who cares? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just a bitter Gamecock. But the, the Clemson game, especially, I'm watching that game, and it gets down to those last couple of minutes in the game. And I'm watching the camera pan over the audience. And, and uh, Ohio State is, is pushing down, and they're, they're going, and it looks like they're about to score. And if they score and they get a field goal, the game's over. And you watch the crowd, and there's people doing this. And they're on the edge of their seat. And, and you can just feel that animosity, that, that anxiousness that these people are having. I'm just sitting there watching. I'm not even a Clemson fan. I'm watching this, and I'm seeing this. These fans are so devoted to their team. A lot of times you'll hear somebody make the joke and you say, man, we did this. Man, we beat them. I'm like, man, you ain't even on the team. But, but we say that because we're, we're a fan of the team or, or whatever it may be, and we, we're so devoted to that. And I watched on that TV last night, and I see those people, and they're just so devoted to their team. They're screaming their heads off. They're so excited. They want to see their team win and make it to the national championship. And as I'm watching that, it just reminded me again of this passage. Because I can get really, really excited about a Gamecock football game. It's been a long time since that's happened. But I can get really excited about them. I can really get excited about a Green Bay Packer game. Sorry, Jimmy. Love you, bud. He's a Vikings fan. But we, I can get really excited about those things. But man, if my devotion is so much about that and my prayer life and my time in my relationship with the Lord is not as devoted as that, I need to be on my face and repenting. And the same can be true for anything. It doesn't have to be a sport. It can be anything. We can very easily, without even realizing what we're doing, we can make idols of the things that we like, the things that bring us joy. And when we do that and we make idols of these things, we sin against God. Because what we do is we say, God, you're not here anymore. This is here. Oh, let me get you back from over here. We've got to make sure, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have got to make sure that your primary focus is what I just said a minute ago during that prayer. That he increases, that we decrease. 
And that means anything that we put up on ourselves as an idol that we say is more important than our relationship with the Lord God Almighty. And the reality is, it's easy for us to do. And if that's what we're doing, we need to repent of that. Ask the Lord to forgive us of it and continue moving forward in our relationship with him. This idea of being steadfastly continuing in the prayer. It also brings up this notion of repetition. Now, it's not repeating things like you just get into the habit of repeating the same prayer. Has anybody ever done that? You can be honest. I got my hand up. There's times when we'd be praying and we're praying for the same thing. I remember, especially growing up as a kid, right before I go to bed at night, man, I would pray like the same exact prayer over and over. And I felt like I had to pray for every single person's name or else they weren't going to get blessed. Like that was my thinking as a kid. And so I'm sitting there and I'm going through the list and I had done it so many times that it just came like that. I'm not talking about a rep- repetition type prayer like that. I'm talking about this notion, this devotion to prayer as repeatedly something that we do. Continually doing it. You think of an athlete. When I played baseball growing up, I would continually have to practice swinging the bat at the ball until I hit the ball. And I think you've heard me use this example before, but when I was at North Charleston High School, I'm there and I'm at practice one day and the coach is there and bless his heart, he must have felt so bad for me, I couldn't hit the ball. And I'm a senior on the team. Like my stance was bad. And I'm a senior on the team, I'm supposed to be one of the leaders on the squad and I can't hit the ball. And so finally he comes over to me and with patience and continual repetition, he tells me, Brian, plant your put your weight down on that foot, in the box, and then move towards the ball when it comes. Put all that weight moving forward to the ball. And I'll be, I hit the ball. But it took time. It took continual repetition. And, and the same is true for our prayer life. You may say, well, Brian, I, I, I can't really pray. I, I don't even know what to say. And come before Abba, Father God, and say, Lord Jesus, give me the words to speak to you. Scripture tells us that even the things that we can't even say, he already knows. Isn't that so good to know that your father, your heavenly father, who created everything, who sent his only son to die for you, he knows what you're going to pray. Come before him, thanking him for what he's done for you. Even if you have that, come before with a prayer of thanksgiving. But we need to continue getting this repetition and remembering that we need to come before the Father continually in his word, in prayer to him. It says also there in verse 2, after it says continue steadfastly, it says be watchful in it. It says be watchful in it. What does this mean? It means that we need to be watchful because, folks, there's a reality that the enemy wants to take our focus off of God Almighty. He wants to destroy us. He doesn't want to see our church move forward into 2020 or the years following to reach this community because he doesn't get the glory. He wants to do everything we can to take our focus off of God Almighty. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to devour. He wants nothing more than to see us fall. He wants nothing more than to see us give in to our sin and not bring God glory. He wants to see nothing more than we not care about who is outside the walls of this building. 
He wants nothing more than to see us not work in partnership with our brother and sister churches to reach the community with the power of the gospel. He wants us to put all of our focus on us. He wants that verse, instead of saying, may you increase and we decrease, he wants us to say, may we increase and God, you decrease. We have to be watchful. We have to be prepared. Scripture tells us later on in the book of Ephesians, this one's not on the screen, but just remember this in Ephesians chapter 6, it gives you the scriptures of the armor of God. We must put on the armor of God every single day. And if you didn't get to hear that sermon, you can go back on the website. Walter preached a phenomenal message on that back in the end of the summer about putting on that armor of God. We must have that on daily. And we must be ready because the enemy is ready to attack. We must be a praying people, continually, steadfastly praying and being watchful. And then the last thing it says in verse 2 is to do it with thanksgiving. To do it with thanksgiving. Why be thankful? That's why we're thankful. We're thankful because of the cross at Calvary where Jesus died for us. On the Christmas Eve service, I read you the scripture and I'll read it again. Romans 6, 21 through 23. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. There is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Why must we do it and be thankful? Because we cannot earn favor with God. We can't. It doesn't matter how many things we do for the poor. It doesn't matter how many things that we do to say, hey, I did this good thing. God, please make it right with me and you. No, no, no. The spotless lamb of Jesus Christ had to go and shed his blood on so that the way could be made right between man and God. It's all part of God's redemptive plan. And so that way, because of what Jesus has done on the cross and God's wrath being poured out on him, him dying on that cross, being buried in the tomb and raising to new life on the third day, defeating death. That is why we are thankful. That is why we can even come before God the Father in prayer. That is why we can make our requests be made known to him because he has saved us through the bloodshed of his son. Thank you, God that you have done that for us. That is why we must be thankful. You know, I read this and I see Paul is talking about these things and this theme of being thankful in your prayer and such. And I can't help but remember what is happening to Paul at this moment. Paul is locked up in prison. And yet he's writing this to the Colossians. It's mind-blowing to see just, just, how, just how thankful he is even in the prison. Which brings me to the second point. Intercede on behalf of others. Intercede on behalf of others. Look at verse 3. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Paul is telling them, although I'm in prison, please pray that God gives me the opportunity. What faith is that? Absolutely incredible. 
Paul tells them, please, at the same time, while you're doing this, please remember to pray for us that God opens the door for the word. Because see, Paul sees the grand picture. Paul sees that his life is only temporary. Paul knows that one day he's going to see Jesus face to face. Paul's longing for that day. But while he's still alive, he wants the mystery of the gospel to be proclaimed to anyone and everyone he can share it to. That is a wonderful example to us. Couldn't we all learn from this? Couldn't we all, no matter what our circumstances are in this life, still pray and ask others to pray that God would give us the opportunity no matter where we are, no matter who we see, no matter what circumstance we're in, to proclaim and demonstrate the gospel. That's one of my prayers for our church, is that God would see fit to give us the opportunities that are needed to proclaim and demonstrate the gospel so that every man, woman, and child that surrounds this place may have the opportunity to see and hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not only is that my prayer for Holmes Avenue, but that's my prayer for every other church that's here. That God would use all of us in this new year and moving forward to reach these people with the gospel. Now, I will tell you this. I know that I'm not in prison. I know that the rest of our church leadership is not in prison. But I do ask you, I'm going to tell you several things I want you to be praying for. I do ask you to be praying for both myself and the rest of our leadership. I want you to be praying that God would give us opportunities to proclaim and demonstrate the gospel. I want you to pray for us as we cast vision as we move into 2020 and and forevermore after that as long as God would see fit to have us. I want you to pray that God would move so powerfully amongst us that it it would be something that the whole entire congregation says, we want to be a part of that and that we would move forward in it. I want you to pray that for us. But not only pray that for us, I want you to pray that we would remember James 1.5, that if we lack wisdom, that we would cry out to God and he would be so gracious to give us the wisdom that we need. I want you to be praying that for us. I want you to pray for wisdom for us. I want you to pray that we continually stay humble and obedient. Pray that we stay humble and obedient that we would hear from God, that we would seek him in such a profound, powerful way, that we would deny ourselves completely and we'd say, God, whatever you want for this church moving forward, give it to us. Help us to proclaim it very clearly to our congregation. Please pray that for us. And I also want to ask you to please pray the same for each other. I want you to be praying for each other that each and every one of us would be used by God Almighty to proclaim and demonstrate the gospel to people, no matter where we are, no matter what we are doing. I want you to be praying for each other that you would be strengthened, that you would be equipped, and that when the enemy comes to attack, that you would be able to stand firm against it. Just a moment ago, I mentioned that Ephesians 6 passage of the armor of God. 
One of the verses specifically in there I want to read to you is Ephesians 6, 18. It says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. In that passage, Paul is telling them after telling them to keep the armor on every day, put it on. He tells them, pray all times in the spirit. He tells them with prayer and supplication. He tells them, keep alert. There again, be watchful. Keep alert with perseverance. One of the things that you're going to see in the book of Philippians as we go through the study is this continual idea of continually pressing forward on the mission that God has until the day he calls you home. Press forward in that mission. That is my prayer for us. And he says, making supplications for all the saints. Pray for your brothers and sisters that are a part of this body of believers. Pray that God would protect them. Pray that God would use each of you to grow in your discipleship. Pray that God would use all of us to grow spiritually. Pray what I've been asking you to pray for some time. Now I'm going to ask you to continue to pray it. Luke 10.2 at 10.02 every day. If you forgot about that, now's the time to make the note to remember. It may seem silly. It may seem like a funny little way to play on the words, but think about it. Luke 10.2 says, Jesus is talking to the disciples. He tells them, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. He's telling us to pray for the harvest, that the Lord would then, as he says, send out labors into the harvest. The harvest is all around us. The harvest is that way outside the walls. It's that way. It's that way. It's this way. The harvest surrounds us, church. Pray earnestly that the Lord would send us labors to go out into the harvest. And in that passage, he says that it is his harvest. We must be obedient to go out into his harvest as laborers. And you might say, well, Brian, that... I love that, and I'll pray that, and at 10.02 every morning, I'm going to pray that. If you've got an Apple phone or you've got an Android, set the reminder on your phone to pray it. Set a reminder on your, on your notepad whenever you go to Whatever it is, please make the note, because here's the idea I want you to have, and I want you to remember. Every day at 10.02, the church is all coming together as one. We might not physically be in the same room together, but we are all coming before God Almighty and lifting up prayers for his harvest to be reached by laborers through Holmes Avenue Baptist Church. Remember that. Pray that. I want us to be remembering that and praying that so that God would use us to go out and proclaim and demonstrate the gospel to these folks. But I also want to make note of this, and this is very, very important. This is one of the things of vision that I really want you to, to listen to moving forward into 2020. You've heard me talk about it. You've heard me pray for them all at different times. This is something that we will be doing moving forward. This is not just for our congregation. We must be kingdom focused. And what I mean by that is we must lift up our brother and sister congregations continually. This is not a we versus them. And I'm not saying that anybody in this room has that mindset. I don't even think that. But I want to just go ahead and say from the start, we must remember that we can't reach everyone alone. We need our fellow congregations to come alongside of us on the mission to do this. 
So with that said, you're going to see a slide that comes up, and I'm going to say them one at a time. These are just, I'll go ahead and give you this notion. These churches that are mentioned on here are just within what the Charleston Baptist Association calls our North Central Cluster. These are just churches within that cluster. These are all Baptist churches except for one. One that is on there right now, and you'll see at the very end, is St. Andrew's Park Circle Church. They're the church that uses our fellowship hall every Thursday night because they are a portable church that meets in North Charleston Creative Arts Elementary. And they need a place to come in and and practice for their worship team on Thursday night. So we give them our, our fellowship hall to use. And they used our sanctuary here on Christmas Eve. And they didn't even have to do this church, but they gave us a very, very loving, generous donation. It just shows the heart that they see that our church is giving them the opportunity to worship and having a place to practice. I don't say that to tout on ourselves, but I say that to say there are going to be other opportunities that God is going to give our church to come alongside these fellow brother and sister congregations and to help in whatever means that God sees fit for us. And we must be obedient to whatever God leads us in that. Those churches are Friendship Baptist Church, First Baptist Church, North Charleston, Portside Baptist Church, Pittman Street Baptist Church, Cooper River Baptist Church, Harvest Point Church. Harvest Point Church is brand new to the Charleston Baptist Association. They are in what used to be Ferndale Baptist Church. That is where they are. Harvest Point Church, Remount Baptist Church, Highland Park Baptist Church, Restoration Community Church, who you know has been a partners of ours for some time, and they were here with us on Christmas Eve, which, by the way, man, that service was amazing. Northwood Baptist, and as I mentioned, St. Andrew's Park Circle Church. What you're going to see, church, moving forward is that when I send out that weekly email, one of these churches is going to be listed as the church that we're praying for that week. We're going to be praying that God would move powerfully through that congregation and through that leadership. And that anything that they need for us to come alongside and help for the mission, we will do as God sees fit for us to do. We will have that. I will send it out. And then starting next Sunday, we're going to pray for one of those congregations, that congregation of the week, every week. I believe that this is something that God is leading us to do. And it's something that is so easy for us to do. We must remember, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We must continually remember to lift up each other and lift up these brothers and sisters. And never forget, when we're coming before God Almighty and we're lifting up these prayers, Christ Jesus is interceding on our behalf. Think about that. This Jesus that we celebrate from the birth to the death to the resurrection, he's ascended and he sits at the right hand of God. Romans 8.34 says, Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. When we cry out these prayers to God Almighty, Christ Jesus is there interceding on our behalf. That is amazing. Because we deserve death. We deserve separation. We deserve God's wrath. But God, in his grace, sent Jesus to die for us. And because of his blood and his resurrection, he has made the way for us to be able to cry out to Abba Father. 
And Jesus intercedes for us. So we must be devoted to prayer. We must be interceding for others. And lastly, we must pray and live intentionally. We must pray and live intentionally. Look at five and six. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Just as I asked you to pray for your leaders, for wisdom, Paul points here to how believers are to walk in wisdom. It says there towards outsiders, towards non-believers. Walk towards these people that do not know the Jesus that we know. And we must make the best use of the time that God gives us. You may be like me, and I'm being transparent here in this moment. You may be like me. There may be times that you feel the Spirit is moving to say, go and share this with someone. And because of fear or whatever, you may not move forward in that. I believe very clearly that God gives us those moments. And you may remember from when we did our evangelism training, when we talked about the fact that when we wake up in the morning, we come before God Almighty, we pray to him. We say, Lord, give me the opportunity to proclaim and demonstrate the gospel to someone today. He'll give the opportunity and pray, Lord, make it clear to me that this is what I'm supposed to do. He will make it clear. And pray for the boldness and the obedience to step out in faith and trust what God has given you to do. That sometimes is where we drop the baton. God hands it to us and he says, go. We must, we must remember, Lord, I'm asking you for this opportunity. I see it. Give me the boldness to step out in faith and trust that you're going to provide everything I need to say everything I need to do for this person that you've given to me to proclaim the gospel to. Every moment passing by us is a moment passing that we've had, that maybe we have missed, or whatever it may be. Every single person has a different timeline in their life until they die. We are given the opportunity by God at certain points to proclaim and demonstrate the gospel to people. Pray that you would see it and that you would be bold to step out in it. Live intentionally as you are going out about your day. Lord, I'm about to go into Walmart. Ugh. But as I go into Walmart, give me the opportunity to see someone in need and proclaim and demonstrate the gospel. The same is true. Lord, I'm about to go to this function at my neighbor's house. Give me the opportunity and the boldness to step out and trust that I am going to be able to share the gospel in some way, shape, or form with someone. Pray that and live intentionally that God would use you in that moment. He says there also in five, making the best use of time, he says in six, let your speech be gracious, always gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer each person. Our communication must be seasoned with salt. You know, there's, there's several different purposes for salt. It's to preserve food. It's to sterilize the food. But it's also there to season the food. I don't know about y'all, but you ever bit into some food that you thought was going to be real good and it was just kind of bland because it didn't have salt or something and you needed that? And the moment you put that on there, man, you bit in that, you're like, mm, boy, that was good. 
He just seasoned it a little bit with some salt. As we are engaging with people that are lost, that don't know Christ, we must season our speech and our communication in them with salt. We must season it in a way to where, yes, we have to project our Christian worldview to them, but we do so in a loving, gracious way, pointing them to Jesus. We must remember that. Matter of fact, in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he says in Matthew 5, 13 through 16, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Well, Jesus, that's harsh. Jesus says in 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Our communication to people that are outside of the faith, it's useless if we're not seasoning it with salt. And, and I would dare say that you would know how to be seasoned with that the more and more times that you spend with God Almighty in prayer, in his word. So my prayer for us, church, as we move into 2020 is that we would see the need that we have got to be a praying people. You may sit there and you say, well, Brian, I, I am a praying person. I thank you for that, and I ask that you continue to do that. But if you're sitting here this morning and you would say, you know what, I, I've dropped the ball on that. I'm not, really, I'm not really a praying person. I need to be better at that. I'm glad that you recognize that. And I pray for you that you would see the desperate need that we have moving into this new year to be praying continually, steadfastly, being watchful in it with thankfulness that we would live intentionally as we are engaging with the lost and dying world and that we would intercede on behalf of others. Dan's going to go ahead and come forward. Church, as we, are, as we are moving into this new year, you may be sitting there right now and you may say, well, I, I'm not really living my life for Christ like I should. Okay. Today's a perfect day to say, Lord, I repent of that. And I want to live for you even more than, than I've said I have before. I want this year to be the year that I am growing so deeply in my relationship with you, that I am on fire for you, that I'm being used by you however you see fit. Make that right with God. You may be here today and you may say, well, I don't know Jesus. Well, guess what? I've got some really good stuff to tell you. They're going to play this song, and I'm going to encourage you. Don't feel like you have to come forward. Don't feel the, the, the anxiousness of that or whatever it may be. Even if you're sitting right there in your seat, just cry out to God and say, Lord, this is what's going on. I need to deal with this with you. But if you need prayer, if you need help, come to me. I'll be glad to pray with you. I'll be glad to share with you what it is that you need to do next during this time. But I'm going to pray, and then they're going to lead us in this song. Let's pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to stand and proclaim your word. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that your word never returns void. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you are moving in our midst. Father, I pray, Lord, that 
as we are singing this song, Lord, if there's, if there's anybody that needs prayer, anybody that needs anything, Lord, that they would feel the, the, the boldness to come forward, Lord, or even if they don't feel comfortable doing that, Lord, that they would pull me aside afterwards. That's fine. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that whatever you're doing right now, Lord, that we would be obedient to the Spirit's leading so that you may be glorified. Father, we love you and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen.